today on Bell and the Birdman. The San Francisco 49ers aren't as scary as you thought they were. Also, we talk about Fletcher Cox. Barchard convinces himself that Fletcher Cox is being traded. And my God, the NFC East, you can smell it from here. It's all coming up here on Bell and the Birdman. Taylor! Hit the music! Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody. What a wonderful Thursday night this is. As, uh, I mean, we are going to be watching uh, the Giants and Washington football team as we record this because it's Thursday night. The liquid death is flowing very, very nicely. Murdering my thirst, killing plastic. Vince Quinn, how are you? Oh, yes. I'm doing quite well, John. Uh, by the way, football team should be in quotes. <laughs> it oh, should I mean, be. They're, they're rolling with that. And by the way, your favorite friend, uh, uh, what is it, Tyler Hineke? Heineke. Heineke. Has yes. Now Which, is, uh, 11 and a half now. 11 and a half. Yeah, absolutely. I'll screw up his name at like 50 <laughs> times in a row. But it's not worth even having because he's two for three at this point. The Giants are up seven to nothing as we're recording this. <laughs> and it's just a reminder that this division does, in fact, stink out loud yes which uh we plan to talk about a little bit later oh yes yeah because the division is oh my god it's just a disaster especially for the cowboys and we have got some word everybody this is how quickly it turns around around here in less than 48 hours the trial of adam Lefko is on everybody <laughs> he heard the show yes he saw the tweets Boy, oh boy, were you mad when we announced that on Twitter, too, by the way. My goodness. We are looking forward to that. Tentatively, next Tuesday, the trial of Adam Lef- Lefkoe. Right, so that make that 12 and a half. 12 and, and a half. Do that again, there right? you go. The trial of Adam Lefkoe's. There you go. Eagles fandom is, is on the line here. And let me tell you, if we did media or jury by media, I think he'd be guilty by now. My goodness, the tweets were so vicious. Go back to Kansas City some more. Hope you lick <laughs> off Andy Reid's barbecue, whatever he's got left on his fingers. And then somebody pointed out Andy Reid's definitely not going to have barbecue left on his fingers. Well, that's thought, true. You know what? That's very true. But uh, like I said, I, I think I think it sounds as if Vince and I are going to have to be the defense lawyers on this because an actual lawyer who just passed the bar has already volunteered to be the prosecutor. So... I would just say, I think we need a jury. I would like to find the 12 people that could be our jury. Absolutely. However you want to do that, jury selection is open. Should it be just, I don't, you know, to be a fair trial, we can't have hardcore Eagles fans, right? We got to have it all all over the place a little bit or. Well, I don't know how many non-Eagles fans this show is exactly going out well, not, to right now. I just mean hardcore. Like there's, there's medium. There's, you know, there's like, hey, yeah. I get it. And there's, you know, hey, no way. Blood is blood. Jerseys are jerseys. You don't say a bad thing type of thing so, so we, you know, do you want to do like uh like a full-on jury selection show <laughs> yeah like where do you sit on sundays or where do you watch the games and one of them if it's not villa capri this sunday against the 49ers we're gonna be very mad we're gonna be very but, mad but we understand but more towards like the disease side of the eagles fans you know people <laughs> that can't just like i have to have this clipboard this pen and this whiskey bottle sitting yeah. all congruently at a 90 degree angle otherwise the tinfoil hat won't get the reception and all this other that's stuff that's exactly what i was gonna and say I appreciate if all of you anybody that has a lucky <laughs> item of some kind is like a super diehard fan yeah you know, if you have any kind of lucky or uh, w- what is the word? I was going to say sacrilegious. It's not sacrilegious. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about, right? What is that word? Like a uh, uh, superstition? Superstition. Yes, there, there we, we go. Yeah, any co- sort of superstition like that. That's a whole tier. Congratulations to Vince because I'm usually on that side of the table when trying to figure out a word. So uh, I'm glad it's spreading it around. But uh, yes, the trial of Adam Lefko next Tuesday at Bell and the Birds, 215 509 5833. If you would like to be involved, state your case, opinion, whatever it is, but he will be on the show next week. But Vince Quinn, as the 49ers are trying to figure out their two QB system, which, by the way, got to say this up front as we're starting to preview this game a little bit, (laughs) doesn't look like there's going to be a two quarterback system in San Francisco as desperately as I want it there because Jimmy G already said the two magic words basically, I hate when Trey Lance is on the field. 
It does. He didn't actually say that. Sean Bell, relax. I'm just having fun. Okay, it's context. Yes, please don't take that literally. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Doesn't like the disruption, just like Donovan, just like every quarterback in human history. I don't like what's disrupting my flow and all this other stuff. So, yeah, probably not going to work there either. And this quarterback room is just too egotistical for everybody. I don't know if the two Gooby thing is ever going to exist. I'm slamming cameras down in the studio. Oh, no. So it's making me mad that no two people can understand the quarterback position is designed now for two people, not just one. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's, it's like, listen, pal, you decided to stay in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They could have cut you. You're like, no, nah, well, I'm getting paid a good bit of money, even though they're moving on. I'll still do I'm this. i that I'm the starter. Yeah, like, it it, for as long as you're going to hang on to it. I, I guess that is the gripe, if you're anybody, a, a Garoppolo in this situation, <laughs> is basically, like, there was an episode of Hey Arnold where um, Helga rides around on a bicycle. She's so like, Arnold's going to get in a fight, okay? Never watched Hey Arnold in my life. This is a very—it's a very important story. Don't go back and watch it. We're too old. It didn't age well for for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, there's an episode where she's riding around her bike, and she'd be like, "Arnold, it's." 22 hours and 35 minutes until you die. And then, like, she would come back, like, every couple of hours and just be like, hey, you're going to die in this fight, Arnold. Your life's over in 16 hours. Like, that's the whole episode. Then he gets in the fight and the whole thing happens. But uh, that's kind of what it's like if Trey Lance is coming out on the field against you. You know what I mean? Like, you're the quarterback. Here's this guy. It's like, oh, yeah, they're going to bench me soon. Uh, So I I just don't think you like that. But I will say this. Mm -hmm. As an Eagles fan, I do like it. I like the two-quarterback system as an opponent. Like, I I want San Francisco to do it. Because here's my theory, John. This Obviously, all of this is new. We're still wading through this territory. But... Especially early in the season, it's a new quarterback. I think that what's going to happen is it's actually counterproductive Mm. to do it in just a small spot here or there with the 2QB system. Because you know what happens? It raises your awareness. If you're the defense, you're going, oh, the other guy's in. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to naturally perk you up. Your level of attention is going to go up. Right. Because if you're a security guard and you're sitting outside of a place and you're there for 25 hours straight, like, at some most of that time, you're just going to be kind of spaced out. You know what I mean? But then, oh, you see somebody funny will look and walk down the street. You're going to perk up a little bit. Like, something, oh, something's a little different here. And and now you're on guard. That's the worst time to rob the place. I don't know why I'm getting into the theft <laughs> advice now, but this is where we are. But you so get what I'm saying, saying right? Quarterback goes on the field. Everybody was like, oh, we're more. We're definitely more aware and we know what's happening. I think it's a higher alert. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, Trey Lance scored a touchdown in the red zone. <laughs> but it was the Lions, okay? It was the Detroit Lions, right, which fair. we talked about before the show. Very Lionsy, uh, Very Lionsy game for I them. I mean, when you have Steve Young saying he went through the same thing with Joe Montana in basically the same city, like, I I don't know. I This is how else he's supposed to develop a quarterback that's actively on the roster. You know, like this whole sitting on the bench thing, we've been so conditioned by it for years and years and years, and it's totally not the thing to do at all, by the way. So whatever ready means is, he just doesn't know the playbook. That's all that is. That's all that it is. Head coaches do not want to be restricted by the playbook. Jimmy knows the entire playbook. Trey doesn't. That's all that's happening here. Oh, that's it's definitely it. all what's happening here, yes. which is why if you're San Francisco, if, all you do is you go to Garoppolo and go, listen, pal, do you want to sit on the bench now? You know what I mean? Like, that's the alternative. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo has any leverage whatsoever. It does not exist for him. So he can't, he can say all he wants. Oh, I mean, I really don't like when Trey's coming down the field. Which is a very accurate Garoppolo. uh, (laughs) Sounds just like him. His mom's like, wow, Jimmy's on this show. Put some sunglasses on and you nailed it. Yeah, no, pretty much. I need a porn star on my arm. Remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, Going back in the Garoppolo vault. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things like they have to put Lance out there. This is the spot to do it. They're right to do it. It has worked so far, but I think it's not as dangerous for the Eagles as people make it out to be. No, I, it's it's clearly not unless they change quarterbacks at half or like, you know, yeah. a series, whatever. It is. Don't expect that to happen either because that'll just make everybody else mad. I Yeah, like this could go south for the 49ers quickly as long as they if they lose, if they can, if they lose on a on a one or two game streak. You're probably going to start to hear some stuff, especially yeah, like if they decide because Lance mostly. I know he did. He had a couple of runs, and he, then he had he did have the touchdown pass. Yeah. If Lance throws an interception, yeah, then it's a, then it, well. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, just saying, Jimmy's had some some interception problems there too. But you're totally right. Like this is 
it it's it's for it's it there's a disturbance that could be had. Yes. In the force, and, yes. And if the Eagles can kind of provide some fire to that this week, I'm totally game for it. But overall, like I don't have any major takes about going into this one other than I'm deathly scared of their running attack. I've always have been. Uh, you know what I'm going to say next. George Kittle from <laughs> is one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, he continually proves that uh, day in and day out. Kyle Shanahan's offense scares the crap out of me against this particular defense. Jonathan Gannon, this is not Arthur Miller. This isn't slightly adjusting to the run game in the second half. This is basically what everybody's trying to emulate in the league outside of Kansas City. Uh, you're you 13 know. and a half now. What did I say? It's Arthur Smith. What you said, said Arthur Miller. Oh, uh, <laughs> which... If you're bored and want to read a play. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. You're at 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Um, yeah. I, I've got thoughts on San Francisco as well. You want to do San Francisco right now? I, I'm uh, happy to keep going down the rabbit hole. Well, I've got a big thing about the whole Fletcher Cox con- conversation from yesterday. And, and actually, our good friend Matt Grumbrecht kind of got my wheel spinning towards it because he pointed out the player. And then I went, oh, my God. I think this is what it is. So we're going to get into that. What are you looking at San Francisco-wise this week? Yeah, so here's the thing. I look at San Francisco like a big brother, in a sense. Yeah. Like, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles thinking about who this team is, what they are, right? You've got solid offensive line. You've got a good running game going on. You've got the tight ends. Yep. That's all great stuff. Wide receivers on the outside. San Francisco's wide receivers, Debo Samuel, who is, like, really good, but not your traditional go-down-the-field, beating you in jump balls. He's not Julio Jones. He's not yeah. Calvin Johnson. He's not that kind of guy. So... He's a weird talent. They like to hand him off the ball and stuff like that. So uh, Brandon Ayuk is going to do a little bit of the same thing, although he's, he's kind of getting benched right now. It's a weird no situation. One, no, he's, he is not. He is in the doghouse, big time in the doghouse. Yeah. yeah. So this type of doghouse, yeah. So on the outside, they're a very strange team. They're not dominant outside with their receivers, which is good. But again, like the Eagles and the strong running game defense, all that stuff. So when I look at them and watching them last week, and this is what they've been doing the past couple of years with Shanahan, the running game is so good. It is so good. I mean, they're a running team that gets chunk yardage, and that's the thing. They consistently, 7, 8, 9, 25, they'll do that all the time, and they do it with nobodies. It does not matter who's the running back for that team. The way they misdirect you with all the motion, the way they move people around, just the general talent of the personnel, they beat people up. That line is great. Like, they have everything in place that the Eagles need to progress to. If I'm Nick Sirianni and I'm scouting this team, I'm looking at some of these plays and going, yep, we got to run that. We got to run this. We got to run that. I mean, I've gotten to the point where, because we talked about a power back, right? Power backs are hard to find. I said trade for Marlon Mack. We'll see where that goes. But I'm even at the point where I looked at San Francisco as Kyle Juszczyk. And I'm starting to think about a fullback. Like, (laughs) really? Yes. Yes. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I mean, if if they're going to run the ball a lot and the receivers are god-awful, I guarantee there's a solid fullback sitting out there. There's probably like 30 solid fullbacks sitting out there because nobody signs them. 300 of them. (laughs) Solid. Like, quality. Because nobody signs them. So There's a reason why. There's a reason why. And, like, they aren't. No one else is a run-heavy team like the 49ers. It's very, very unique. It's it's in its own right. And I think it's partly because of their quarterback for a long time. So if you get Trey Lance in there eventually, that shit's going to go away. Because he can accurately throw the ball down the field, you know, and... Doesn't know the playbook. Well, yeah, I mean, use use check can catch a little bit too. So that's that's part of the <laughs> thing. So I don't know if like Dallas Goddard becomes our use check, but I, I guess something like that. I just I love the way their running game operates. All the misdirection is important. And thinking about this game, one of the things that I I feel terrible about for this week, mm-hmm. like incredibly not confident, the linebackers. Pressure yeah, on the this linebackers. Is, this is going to be a bad week for them. This is, this is going to be a really big test for them, and I'm scared as hell about it. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be passing in the middle. It's going to be running all the time. It is all the misdirection. I have no idea what they actually look like because going back and watching that Atlanta game, Atlanta was just so bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They were such a bad team. So, Davion Taylor's back. Like, I want to see what all that looks like, mm-hmm. but... Uh, You're going to need him this week to... to yes. Good, definitely going to need... And hopefully... It's a lot better than what we've seen before, and that's like we maybe caught a. Well, you didn't even really catch a glimpse of it in the preseason either. Like it's just, it's a hope, mystery. Hope it works out. But this is the guy you kind of drafted to combat this in particular. I know that's a lot of pressure to put on like a second year kid who barely saw the field last year. But 
you know, you're the guy. You're the guy that can run it down when everything's fucked. You can, you know, cut off the angle because you have the speed to go and do it and meet with this what seems to be endless stable of running backs in San Francisco's backfield and so on and so on. Um, I, I, I think this is going to be a slugfest for sure. Totally. Uh, totally. And not in a way of like, oh, this defense is okay. I just, the offensive output, whatever the over is, I'd take it. Um, I, I, this game ends up in the high 20s, low 30s easily. I feel like, you know, Ooh, okay. We're, we're a little different on this, but I, but give me the high scoring scenario. What, what yeah, does this I look just like? think this is kind of a, uh, uh, they're going to get them in the run game. And I just feel like I know San Francisco's defense has been outstanding and, and nothing changed from that when they played against uh, Detroit. But I don't think they're, they're not world beaters. There's just a very, very good defense and they, they get into that top tier, the Super Bowl run. They were, they were a top tier defense. No doubt about it. Uh, They've had some injuries there. They've had some injuries on the offense as well. Um, you know, our old friend Raheem Mostert, we know we know his game. Uh, and, but and he's out. He's, I mean, they're starting out. a, what, sixth rounder this year? Rookie sixth rounder? Who's been, who is phenomenal last week. <laughs> so it was, because like, that's, that's Shanahan, uh, man. Yeah, that, that Elijah, I forget his last name, Elijah I, Mitchell. I do too. Some of the, yeah, like that, that sounds but, right. Uh, they... Yeah, I mean he he I mean he's on my fantasy team, so I should know his last. See, year. I didn't pick him up. I should have put in a claim, but you know. but um, just they 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 have they have never really changed from that, and that's why like this brings me to my big point of tonight. We we know what San Francisco is for the most part. Uh, I think we have a general idea of we have definitely not seen all of Nick Sirianni's playbook. We don't know what Jalen and both Jalen's are kind of scheming up there because it seemed a little light. The downfield passing you're probably absolutely going to need in this game, even though the defensive matchups don't really say that. You need to take your shots at some point, scheme people open, misdirection, motion, blah, 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 jet sweeps. Hope we see a lot of that. Basically matching what Kyle Shanahan yes, does. Yes, just beat Kyle Shanahan. That's that's what we need. Uh, however, this Cox thing, this Fletcher Cox thing, that has basically started since the offseason, is really starting to like, to me, it's hitting ahead because all the stuff we talked about on the last episode was, I feel like Howie's gearing up for something, something. And this is, this has been a, a natural trend ever since, like you saw him and Nick Sirianni in the, I think when just as about the season was about to start in their press conference and just kind of answer questions back and forth. I've always been like, man, Howie looks tired. More, more, more or less, like has not uh, not had a haircut in a while. The shave was on there for a long time. I'm like, all right, something's brewing. You're not working this hard to make like a, a UDFA trade or like a, a swap some for whatever's on your roster bubble for somebody else. I just got to remind everybody, this goes back to uh, June of when Jeff McClain, who has been on this for a long time now, and I just want to remind everybody of like, how did this Fletcher Cox thing start? Why are there so many questions right here in this piece where Fletcher stone colded him later on Absolutely. because he wrote this particular article? And this is where from Jeff McLean's article in June. But Cox, it quotes, hasn't been consistent as the Rams defensive tackle, which is clearly talking about Aaron Donald. The last two years, injuries haven't helped. Offseason foot surgery slowed him down at the start of 2009, a neck injury pestering him in the second half of 2020. And to his credit, he's only missed one game over that span, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like goes on to say there's an internal concern that he won't take the extra steps as he enters his 30s to retire in Philadelphia. The Eagles aren't tanking in 2021 but they are in a team transition. Does Cox view himself as a veteran bridge to brighter days, i.e. like Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey, or as one of the centerpieces of the future? It's the latter finishing out his contract or getting an extension could hinge on this season. So that automatically tells you Jeff is looking for something because he's heard something. Yes. Right? So his good friend in that press box is Jimmy Kemsky, and they get along great in there. Uh, and I think they, they do just have a natural respect for one another. And Jimmy's a good reporter on his own right. Jeff's, Jeff's a great reporter on his own right. No they doubt. listen to things all the time. No doubt. Let's fast forward to July 20, July 19th of 2021, where Jimmy Kemsky and the Philly Voice is saying, Eagles should be looking for Fletcher Cox trade opportunities. Okay? Now, I don't know. I cannot say for certain that Jimmy's doing this off of something that he heard. But I, in, as a general rule for reporters... If you hear something and can't confirm it completely, you are going to write an article like this. 
For instance, if you have heard from two people with incredible sourcing and you can't get that third source, fourth source, whatever it is to say, okay, I can print this now, you're going to write an article suggesting things like this. So between Jeff and Jimmy Kemsky, who's been long accused of like, you don't know that way back in the days when no one thought Deshaun uh, Jackson was going to get cut by Chip Kelly. He was the one that started that. They railed all against him. He ended up being right. That was the first time I think everyone found out about Jimmy. This is the same kind of setup here from those different articles and be like, hey, Deshaun might not be here. That was the start of the conversation. And we like, ah, oh, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. Same frame. Yeah. Same, same frame. John, why are you going on about this and about this? Are you seriously suggesting that what Vince Quinn said last week and you kind of hesitated on Fletcher Cox being a tradable, not tradable thing or what they're trying to do? I am convinced now that they are trying to move Fletcher Cox because this has been in everyone's heads for a very long time. And I said last week. It feels like, or last episode, it feels like Howie Roseman is gearing up for uh, something with Fletcher's move to, you know, get that guaranteed money. You drop the cap, uh, the cap down a little bit in doing so. You're like, well, why would you do that now? Why would you do that now? It doesn't make any sense. And then here's where we'll bring it right back to the center. Matt Gumbrecht, Grumbrecht, that's uh, 14, uh, it's and, 14 a half now. and a half. You've added some points to that. Woo! Sorry, All right. Buddy. Quote tweets. Something with OBJ in it, and I forget what it was, but he hasn't played. OBJ and the Philadelphia Eagles, they've been trying to be trade partners ever since he left the Giants. At least rumor-wise, they've been connected twice by them since 2019. And he fits the scheme, by the way. Perfectly. Yes, he fits it perfectly. So you know exactly where we're going now. 54% of the snaps for Fletcher Cox. OBJ still hasn't played a snap yet this year. Money matches up pretty good. I mean, not that you need it to match up exactly, but Eagles still win in a trade if it's done, I believe, until all the smart uh, cap people <laughs> let us know, 215-509-5843, if we're right or not. But, I mean, OBJ's money kind of works out here. Fletcher's works there in terms of what their cap situations are equally. Uh, if you put Miles Garrett and Fletcher Cox on a run in the AFC and you get OBJ to go against the Giants twice a year for for now and you get that number 1 wide receiver along with the rookie I mean he's just have to deal with him for a year wide receiver half. two behind Smith potentially well, I, 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 I'm, I I doubt it but, I'm jumping that gun I'll go there but I think the Eagles are very open to the possibility of trading Fletcher Cox before the trade deadline this season if it means you're going to get an OBJ or OBJ like in return and I don't think I'm getting off of this. This isn't because like, oh, John's just guessing. No, the beat reporters told us a long time ago that this was, hey, guys, circle this one. And in all of the different transitions that you have gone through with this team in the last two years. And if you're saying, John, there's no way they would trade Fletcher Cox. Vince, there's no way they would trade Fletcher Cox. Well, I mean, they, they said goodbye to Malcolm when everybody said no way, no way, no way. For Carson, whoops, <laughs> essentially. So I'm buying into it, guys. The Eagles want to trade Fletcher Cox, and it's for somebody like an OBJ. I'm sticking to it until I've been proven wrong. Uh, the fact that they move the money around and where he is in his contract, I, I said it last last episode, yeah. I mean, he's going into the last year after this season of a six-year contract. So... Yeah, and, and you know what? He's a valuable commodity that a team would take in a heartbeat, and it'd be easy enough to work him in a system midseason. Yep. So if it turns out that the Eagles do struggle, as much as we believe in the team, and if they're playing well at the deadline, they're not going to move them. They'll move them in the offseason. But if they don't play that well, and you look at guys like Ndamukong Sue going from team to team, yep. they'll pay him all this money every single year to just stick around, be a pass rusher. Defensive tackles that rush the passer are incredibly valuable. They make over, I mean, Fletcher Cox was getting like $20 million a year a couple of years ago when he signed that deal. Oh, excuse me, Vince. Yeah, go ahead. I need to hydrate myself. Julio Jones just signed that deal that he had gotten like a year or two ago, and he got over to the $20 million mark. So a defensive tackle was making over $20 million a year before wide receivers were. 
So defensive <laughs> tackles that rush the passer are incredibly valuable. Fletcher Cox still at this point right now incredibly valuable. So yeah, can you send him to Cleveland? The Rams make reckless, crazy decisions all the time. Could you imagine if Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald were next to each other? Like, <laughs> I don't know what receiver you get or what picks you get or what Man. picks the Rams have, but I don't know. Anybody that's a worth a damn contender if Cox is on the market and the Eagles aren't in that division race, although again, the division stinks. They probably it's, are. Yeah. Then, then it's there. But either way, you're still laying that groundwork of after this season, the odds of him coming back after this year, Zero. pretty low. Zero. Yeah, pretty low. And if they're having contract disputes based on that and McLean's reporting from the past that yes even because he names he doesn't say like front office he said coaches coaches so if and multiple <laughs> so it's not just one it's it's clearly somebody on the defense we hinted at it in the post game too afterwards and being like it is a new defensive coordinator as well so if you're getting more out of Hargrave or if you're getting more of this I know that didn't even Jonathan Gannon say this week that he really doesn't want to ever change his rotation of defensive tackles because of how valuable. I mean, it's it's coach speak, but yeah. So, long story short, summary of it was they asked him, and in part, it was based on Fletcher Cox uh-huh. getting fifty seven percent. Yeah. So he said the whole idea is he wants to get his backups involved with the idea that when somebody gets injured, these guys aren't going from not playing at all to now playing significant amount of snaps. So he wants yeah. to get him a couple of snaps, see how the game plan goes, get him more, get him less, however it goes. Okay. All right. I mean, that's just, I doubt that Howie Roseman would be like, I'm sorry, Jonathan Gannon, we won't trade Fletcher Cox for you because that just doesn't happen here. So, um, yeah, other than like a roadblock from them, I think it's wide open, guys. 215-509-5833. Do you honestly think, now that we've kind of laid this out a little bit, doesn't have to be OBJ specifically. I'm just linking that because it makes the most sense. I think Matt did a great job of pointing that out. Like this, oh, that's what he said. He goes, this is what the money's for. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you might be right. Which led me to like, holy shit. Wait, they've been trying to push Fletcher Cox this whole season. He's been hanging out there. Like I said, I think there's Fletcher Cox. You will hear that Fletcher Cox and OBJ either during the season or this offseason tried to make a trade at some point. I, I guarantee you, you will hear something like that. It'd be fun. Uh, th- this one's a little <laughs> screwy. This now here's one that's a All little right, screwy. I like screwy ones. Um, so I Phrasing. I I doubt this happens, but it, it could be fun. Allen Robinson's a free agent after this year, Ooh. and he hates the Bears. Oh, for a long time he's, he's been miserable the there. Now does Justin Fields whenever he starts? Does that turn things around? And maybe he's willing to stay. Maybe uh, also got to get on the field first. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and is it worth it? <laughs> Sorry, I just have to laugh at Ryan Pace for a second. It's pretty great. Uh, but I don't know if the Bears are going to trade Allen Robinson in the middle of the season. I find that a hard thing to believe, but like maybe. And it would be such a killer move for the Eagles to get Allen Robinson. I would love to I see that. I would take that as well. But I think they're going wide receiver hunting. They know. They know. Like when they told us basically week one, hey guys, yeah, sorry about that whole downfield passing thing. Still an issue. They need somebody to open up that's experienced. They can't wait around for Rager to suddenly do that. You can't bank on a six-round pick. I believe six. Yeah, six-rounder last year. Can't do it. No. Um, well, and this is now. a week for it. And that's that's the other thing. Looking at this matchup, San Francisco does have injuries in the secondary. Yep. So, Jason Ver- uh, Verrett. You know, just an incredible career on tearing his ACL and being like one of the most talented corners in the world. You feel terrible for him, but... Advantage for the Eagles. Yeah, yes. and then their other starting corner, Emmanuel Mosley, he's been dealing with something this week, so he's who knows if good. he's going to play. And yeah, like otherwise, like <laughs> as good as sorry, they have the corpse of Josh Norman. Um, they've yes. like I don't I don't know what's going to come out of there for San Francisco in the secondary. So yeah. if there was ever a week to try desperately and get a big pass down the field, this is it. Yeah. This is the week, and I really think they're ripe for it. Like. I think they're going to win this football game. I said that during our schedule breakdown through all of that. This is a win. And I don't, uh, I just, I see the city completely turning around here once this happens. We're all waiting to make sure that this is a thing. And honestly, I am too. I'm not like a thousand percent feeling, feeling great about this week. 40 there's a fucking great team. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, I just think that. Sirianni hasn't thrown a haymaker yet once or even just a power punch. So I'm waiting to see that. And I just can't wait to see Jalen Hurts in week two against a real defense. 
You know, that's that's the other check mark for everybody here. Clearly, I don't think anyone cares about anything else uh, other than that. Is Nick Sirianni really that creative against an incredibly talented team? And is Jalen Hurts? Can he do it against the team that actually matters? Yeah, that's no, it. That that really is what it's all about. And looking at this matchup, yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is that. We have a fun, like, symmetry going here. I dragged you to the idea that the Eagles were going to beat the Falcons. We we fought about you it for, for a week. You did. And then on game day, you finally got to that point, and you were like, actually, yes. In yeah. the pregame, you're like, all right, they're, they're going to beat Atlanta. You have done the same for me, and I now believe the Eagles are going to yes. beat the 49ers. I, I've turned. And, Another believer. And I say that, and you can't take it lightly, right? Because it, as we've talked about football, and if you've heard me talk about football over the last couple of years— I'm Mr. San Francisco 49er. Like, <laughs> I believe in that team big time. I love that team. They drafted uh, Trey Sermon, which I don't know what the hell the deal is with that, but it, yeah. I, I love that pick. Trey Lance, I love that pick. I'm a huge Shanahan guy. Like, I'm I'm in on the 49ers. Yeah. Constantly. And you know what the thing is that's really going to separate this? It's going to be an ugly game, physical game. Again, I think they're similar in a lot of different ways. The energy and fight of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is a dog fight where the Eagles want it more. It's a home crowd. Oh, the one at more. <laughs> yes, damn right. And I, I don't they like just saying that. Wanted more. I don't. I don't like saying that. A, a lot of times, I don't think it really means anything. Are you kidding me with this team, though? They're this hungrier. team. Well, this team. This chemistry. It's through the roof. And now you're going to get this team that hasn't played a home game yet. So now you get the home game. You get the crowd. The link is going to be crazy. Yes. I mean. This game is just primed for, yes, being a slugfest, but the Eagles just being more than San Francisco's really bargaining for right now. And ladies and gentlemen, we do, in fact, have the bells ready. Yay! Speaking of that, the speaking bells of getting are in the mail. Get, um, congratulations Woo! to our uh, our secret winners that were, followed the instructions on the last podcast. And, uh, you know, Texas, and you can too, 215-509-5833. And due to this wonderfully recyclable 16.9-ounce can of delicious murdering thirst liquid death mountain water, I believe that we might be ready for the first Bell and the Bird Bell program, which we are figuring out this <laughs> week, because everyone responded in and I can't thank you enough, whether you're in the Discord we're using the text line again, 215-509-5833. Amazing feedback on the bells. Everyone thinks it plays and it has legs. So the next step is I got to give you our address. And I think to be initially, to be in the bell program, you're going to send something to us and then we send it back. I don't know what that is yet, but it's just like a sign of, Eagles fandom that you have to like you got to sacrifice something almost <laughs> sacrifice something to the bell program so yes. we can give you and and we will just start a collection of what people have sacrificed kind of put it on a wall maybe or I don't know something like that yeah the same way Thanos threw Gamora <laughs> off a cliff we expect you to throw someone mail someone you love to us like and- <laughs> like if it was I don't know a bottle cap that you kept that way. It's your lucky charm and just say, you know what? I need to be a believer in this. I don't need this anymore. Give me the bell. Something like that. Something like that I think could work out. But uh, tune in next week because we will certainly have that. And I'll give you our address and all that other fun stuff. Uh, I also want that to be a, a random small business sponsor box as well. So if literally you are a realtor, if you've got... Any small business, big or small, doesn't matter what kind it is, free advertising on this podcast and just send a note, send a send a business card. I want to get that going, too, because I think that'd be a fun thing well, to do just yeah, to help everybody out. Absolutely. And yeah. independent creators as well. 100%. So, yeah, if you do freelance work or I don't care, you do a Twitch show. Yes. And, you know, you like you're making money off it and you're very serious about it. It's a big thing that you do. Yeah, let's let's make it go. Let's promote you. Yes. Yes. That would be so cool. You're a small business under yourself. We believe in that. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is. Hundred percent. Even if it's just a business card with a QR code on it, fine. Just yeah. let us go find your stuff. But, you know, snail mail, old school, just uh, just for fun. Just like, you know, that we that I, I think it'd be a, a fun little thing that we can put together and would love your ideas. Love P- mailboxes. Please do, in, uh, if you're new to it, old to it, join Discord. 
It's awesome. It's really one of the best things going. We just put a stage on there, too, because we think we can get like some of this, not only you on stage to do talent shows and stuff, but keep our stream going and fun and just like all in one little communal space so we get away from all the social media we don't want to be a part of. It's just a really fun community in there. I really appreciate everybody joining, and uh, I, I can't wait to get this Bell program started, honestly, because I want to do... I want to fire everyone up and just like it is. I need, and I told Vince this. We discussed like doing the ecstasy of gold thing every week. I, it, that's, that's our Kate Smith. Yeah. That's, you know, that's like that too has to come big. out. When, but I am working on something. And I'm going to say this if the Eagles win this weekend against the 49ers, every week you're going to get this speech. It's going to feel like a blitz. You know, 55 seconds of just maybe even shorter, but somewhere around there of just all out. We're, we're in a dogfight every week, and I'm ready to do that. But I think it's only fair that they prove it to us first, even though my faith is so strong in this team. My belief in this team is so strong. If you can prove that you can beat San Francisco every week, we'll fire everybody up. So uh, I love that. I also love that uh, we are currently watching, like we said. We're watching Thursday Night Football. We see Washington. We see the Giants. Apparently, Nick Gates has been carted off the field for the Giants, and that's a big, big problem if it's uh, your starting center here. Uh, But because this, and I just, everyone that has not watched this game, go watch the highlights after the podcast and just look at how bad these two teams are. Like, after Taylor Hineke got his little... (laughs) You were close on that. I just said 15 <laughs> Heineke. I never go. pronounced it right during the draft either. Shout out to Mike K. Uh, I, it's his favorite quarterback in the world. Uh, um, I just, see what you said was right. Their seasons are over. They're Washington's terrible. over. The Giants is on life alert here. And by the way, Randy Gregory, COVID. Lawrence, out six to eight weeks. Killer for them. Gallup on IR three to six weeks. Lyle Collins suspended because he was smoking pot, probably, right? Or whatever it was. Probably. Probably. But, like, I just said, don't worry about it because something always happens to this team. And literally two days later, there you go. You know, like, you can. It's the same thing. This is the Eagles division to take right now. It is unbelievably easy to take. Unbelievably easy. They are set up better than any of these teams outside of Dallas from like a philosophy standpoint. And even then, I'd probably put them a notch ahead. They don't have the horses out of Dallas, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They have the best coach in the division. I'm going to say that again. They've got the best coach in the division, and the quarterback is secondary at that point. If you put Nick Sirianni in Washington, I'd probably have concerns if Ron Rivera's coaching Jalen Hurts. Right? So, mm. like, I, I, I just go, mm. I'd rather, I'm just saying, I don't know about the better QB thing because Dax exists, but we're close. So, I'm just get ready. Get on the goddamn train is what I'm telling you. If you are thinking twice about this team not winning the division, I need to know what you're thinking. 215-509-5830. No doubt. It's 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 embarrassing to watch these teams. Embarrassing. They're so, terrible. I mean, they're they're really like they do. embarrassing. It's it, I can't and I wouldn't I would say this if this was the Eagles on television right now. It's horrible. I don't know what I'm looking at. If this is preseason week 2, my god. Well, and and when it comes to this time of the NFL year, we get in all these overreactions and whatever. It, it gets a little sloppy. But one of the things that's built over the course of the offseason and it's gotten to the point where they've become this mythological creature. We found a Zapdos in the wild. Um, <laughs> is suddenly Washington's front seven has become the 85 Bears. And they're just going to win every single game. And they're going to win the division. Like... I get it. Having a good defensive line, and we talk about it with this team, the Eagles believe in it. I believe in it. Having a good D-line is important. Having a good front seven is important. How many games does that win if you have nothing else? They don't have anything else. Four. They they don't have anything else. They have a front seven, and that's it. 
Okay, is Matt Ioannidis going to pick up the ball and start running it? <laughs> I, I, is, is Chase Young going to throw bombs 65 yards down the field? No. Nope. Because unless they're consistently getting pick sixes, sack fumbles, and they become the greatest defense of all time with that front seven, they stink. They stink. They're like It's an offensive league. You have a defense that slows things down a little bit, sure, but you've got to score points. All the rules, the flags, all that stuff, everything favors scoring, and I don't care how good that front seven is. It's not winning the division unless the whole division is, what, 6-11? and 11? I mean, it's, it's just not good enough. Yes, it is never good enough to rely on we're going to be a competitive football team, and our front seven is the best thing about our football team. Yeah, just doesn't work. No, sorry. Hey, uh, we we just saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. So uh, I don't know, Jonathan Allen. Do you want to play tight end for us, or do you want to play quarterback? What do you want to do? Like they, it's it's a defensive line. Yes. Like it's it's just gotten so overhyped. It's driving me insane. It's I, driving me crazy. I have now what we have watched. Uh, uh, Heineke throw ten passes. He's now on pass eleven. And I think this is the first one that he just threw over 15 yards and it almost got intercepted live. As, as <laughs> it's a terrible this. ball. So, terrible like, play. I cannot wait for all these clouds to come down. And I'm telling you right now why after this game, if Washington loses and they're 0-2, Nick Foles is getting a phone call. If Washington's 0-2, Dan Snyder's not going to have that, and he's going to replace the quarterback. Well, uh, okay, he's let me get the call. Well, here, here's my other theory, and I got I got some heat for saying this on okay. WIP a couple of weeks ago. All right, I would call for Andy Dalton instead. <laughs> John just literally <laughs> spit water out of his mouth. I would rather he just with- spit liquid death everywhere. <laughs> Yes, I would rather stick with either quarterback on no. the field and call no, Andy Dalton. No, you you would rather trade for Nick Foles than Andy Dalton. Fuck yes, I hell would. no, absolutely Sign not. Up because he can throw a deep for ball what? to somebody accurately. I, he I, can throw to Terry McLaurin ten times, hit him twice, and that's fine. Yeah, but the other seven or eight, they're going to get picked. Who or, cares? Like, who that, cares? That, that's why you have Taylor here. He's doing Taylor Heineke is. Andy Dalton. That's all he is. He's not Andy Dalton. Yes, he he, he wishes he was Andy Dalton, okay? Wow. Andy Dalton is say what you want. I get it. He's a big goofy ginger. Fine. Uh who, I've got who hasn't a, played good football in three years. He was he was okay three. last year. No, he wasn't. He was bad. He's got Mike McCarthy of his coach. He won four games. He won four out of nine. I'll take that, okay? As a backup quarterback, as a bridge quarterback. And by the way, does not have the contract of Foles. He's only going to cost you however much it is on a one-year, ten million deal for a year. Fine, go lose low for commitment. 10, go lose for ten million dollars. Be my guest. Okay, lose for two years and whatever Foles has left. Like, it's, what do you, you yeah, know? But you either Washington's at a point where you have to insert a quarterback or nail it and be at the top. They're not going to be on either. You have to do something. You can't just have. Is this going to be your guy that you're going to develop? Are you going to Kyle Allen this thing again? That's why Ron Rivera sucks, guys. Oh, what a great coach. He's such a great man. Yeah, he sucks at football. Um, he cannot He cannot lead a team to the promised land ever again. It was a fluke because Cam Newton is unbelievable and his offensive coordinator sucked. And Dave Gettleman was a part of that. So, like, yes, that's why it didn't work out. But it's basically the same thing here with Dan Snyder. And I'm so mad I'm moving on because I'm mad at something else. Does, do, do fans not understand what not to do when they come into the city? Because... The San Francisco 49ers cruise, and shout out to our good friends of Fans of Philly for tweeting this, but there's some dumb 49ers group that is doing a Philly takeover with their white San Francisco jerseys at 1230 at the Rocky Statue, which is Saturday, 2600 Benjamin Franklin Parkway, if you don't know where that is. But at 1230, they've announced to Philadelphia that they're going to stand around the Rocky Statue. Do you remember the last time what happened when someone did that? First of all, they call this gang members. Second of all, they got their asses kicked 38 to 7. So what I'm saying is book it now before the line goes up. And by the way, we have some inside information. We do. Are you ready? Well, we'll get to that in one second. But there's no way the Eagles are losing this game if, in fact, that this fan base touches that Rocky statue. We've already said Rocky Rocky references here, pretty overrated. Continuously overrated. 
I don't even want the Rocky statue there. I want it gone. I wish it was in the art museum so no one would, would see it <laughs> if I had my choice. But this is happening. They're probably going to go to the steps next. Blowout. 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 If they touch this thing, I'm changing my mind almost immediately from slugfest to blowout if they touch it. So I have two scores for you. 31, 28 birds if they don't touch the statue. 38, 13 if they do touch the statue. Book it. They are getting blown out if they touch that statue. It's <laughs> happening. Oh, it's happening. So I'm very confident to win this week. Are you confident to win this week? Yeah, I've, I've gotten more confident by the day. Yeah. It, it's just everything is lining up for this team to go punch San Francisco in the mouth. They're just, they're just not ready for this. I mean, they're a team that's thinking Super Bowl constantly. Like, the same way Green Bay last week goes into Jacksonville to play the Saints because the Saints got displaced. They got, I mean, holy crap. That got so bad, people are like, is Aaron Rodgers throwing away this whole season of football? <laughs> uh, that's how bad they got beat. So... They weren't yes. ready for it. Yes, they took fact, the is. game for granted. You're out of your mind. Um, but <laughs> San Francisco has been a contender for a long time. I think they go, yeah, I mean, the Eagles, who really cares? Yeah. And then the Eagles show up, and they're, and they're ready to play, and they're going to win this game. Okay. All right. Uh, we'd love your uh, predictions for this week. Um, but especially, we have one major announcement before we leave again. Because, like, when I tell you, your guys' support has been incredible. It's been incredible. Amazing. Really amazing. Uh, we are, ser- I know a lot of people say this when they come on microphones and stuff, like we generally are blown away by all the responses, by all the help, by all the support. Please te- keep telling your friends about the pod. Let them know we're drinking liquid death. Let them know we're at Villa Capri. Those are really how you can support us. And I really appreciate everybody going, hey, you know, what promo codes, what links, what all that. That's why our advertisers are amazing, and that's why you need to support them because they don't put the bullshit in here. They get what we're doing. And by the way, their only reason why we did hook up with Liquid Death is because I genuinely do love the product. I want to make that clear. When anything comes on and anything is sponsored here, Vince and I love it to begin with. We've been with Mike since 2018. I wouldn't bullshit you otherwise. Like, we only promote the stuff we like. That's how we approach sponsors. It has been amazing. You don't have to do much of anything. Just keep keep, keep letting everybody know. Our descriptions are in the links there for how you can support us there. And more importantly, on our link tree, if you can find that, which is all over our social, at Bell and the Bird, and it's in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, we have a donation page that goes everything that you do and give us goes towards the show. Extra writers, microphones, studio upgrades, making sure that Villa and everything, it looks like a professional studio every time that we go in there. We are upgrading the show with everyone that comes in. And for the first time, I can confidently say this. Fuck Patreon. They they don't make it fun. They make it so confusing for you and us. We don't want to go that route. That's why we have the link tree there. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we have kind of hinted at this before, right? Yes, we we have talked about this before. We are definitely instituting the tier rules. Uh, we did that a, a, a couple of uh, a couple of episodes ago, and how we want it to work because uh, the great Stefan Dufgren, who is still not, dude, check your junk mail, bro. Come on, Stefan. <laughs> uh, Stefan got it started because he donated a hundred dollars, right? And. Uh, wasn't the first. Mario DMZ, Senis 10, Sean Arney, appreciate you guys so, so much. Five and ten dollars there. That's all where we were, we were really intending. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Stefan, bam, a hundred bucks. We're like, well, we got to do something. Yeah, it was holy crap. So here's what we're going to do as a refresher. From 100 to 200, every dollar is a tier and you name the tier. 100, 101, 102, 103, 104. And I'm going to give you an example because right now I'm claiming 105. I'm claiming 105. The tier at 105 is very simple. It's virtual or in-person happy hour with me and Vince for an hour. Whatever it is. If beer is your thing, cool. Whiskey is your thing, cool. Liquid death is your thing, cool. Whatever it is, we're going to hang out for an hour wherever you want us to. 
and we will be there for 105 That's the tier right there. So Stefan is still going to define the $100 tier because we have not set that out. But we have a, what, what, what's going to happen is if you do this, Vince and I are going to be like, all right, what do you want to do? And try to figure out what we can do for that price. And Vince has an incredible one that I, I think is I, – I might, I might have to just – uh, give him give him the, the, the tier amount here because I love it so much. Well, yeah, so here's what we're going to do is if you decide to donate $188 to the show, <laughs> okay, so it has to be Not 100 I'm going to ask you how you arrived at 188 but. Well, yes, and I'm going to specify it cannot be 189 and it will not be 187 It is $188. <laughs> if you donate $188 to the show, you get an Eagles jersey. Now, Awesome. Here's the thing. Oh, there's a twist. <laughs> I pick what jersey you get. Now, Ooh. <laughs> all right. Now I, I like this. Now we can have a little exploratory conversation. I'd like to get you to know you a little bit. You know, just see what you're about, see what you're into. Uh, talk for a couple of minutes, and then what I'll do is I will take that information and. I will get you a random jersey. I mean, it's going to be well, a, an educated jersey. Whether it is a new jersey, a current jersey, it's a like classic style, nice throwback jersey. Could be something I find on eBay. Um, <laughs> it could be something I find on the discount rack at Foreman Mills for five bucks. Should we institute a, a wheel? Perhaps. I'm, Perhaps a wheel. I'm, I'm open to a down. wheel. If We're, we can get our hands on a wheel, I'd be open to a wheel. And but, then that kind of determines those. I love this idea. But though. yes, it's going to be so you could get either a super nice, fully stitched, top of the line jersey. You could get something that's 40 bucks. You are could, throwbacks like, in the mix? Well, here? yes, throwbacks are oh, absolutely 100% in the mix. So okay. it, that's for the $188. <laughs> tier that is what we'll do and we're saving the best for last because this person is outright amazing and it's such a great story uh, but jim d uh, uh, pronounce his last name for me because i don't want to get fit yeah we've gone back and forth on twitter a bunch yeah. but my understanding is it's d'arcangelo d'arcangelo jim d'arcangelo did a funny thing and i believe was trying to claim the 101 tier and then ran his card twice and we made him aware of it and be like, oh, yo, hey, just just so you know, I think it ran twice. You know, just just wanted to make sure you were trying to claim the 101 tier and we'll refund this. And we goes, oh, Jim is so awesome. He goes, it's just meant to be. So there you go. 202 bucks and didn't want anything in return. Nothing in return. Just Crazy. Say, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Vince and I had some really nice uh, pub and got into the Philly Business Journal. We're really proud of Which, that. How about awesome. us, man? It We're the fun. Philly Business Journal. And Jim saw that article and donated almost instantly. I can't thank you enough, man. That's unbelievably, it's too far. That's too much. Yeah. You know, like, that is awesome. But what I want to do is Jim didn't want anything. I'm still going to give him the approval, yay or nay. You tell me right now, what is the 202 tier? If Jim isn't going to give us one, I want you to come up with a 202 tier for Jim. I think that'd be great, and it'll stay that way, and everyone will know what's at 202. That's your mission, 215-509-5833. Or if you want to email us, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, so I'm sorry, podcast at bellandthebirdman.com that way. And obviously, you know, we're in the Discord and a bunch of other places on social. Yeah, and part of it is, and, and John said this earlier, part of the reason we like doing the $100 and everything's a new tier is uh, Patreon's exhausting. And if it's you've exhausting. gone through it, you sign up for all this stuff, all the different fees they charge you, they just sucks. Like For we, you too, by the way. It's not yes. just us. It's, oh, it's for everybody. That's I feel the like they're thing. robbing everybody. It's wasting your money and ours. Like, it, it just doesn't do the thing that we want it to do that it was set out to do. So we decided Especially we wanted to do... Especially with the merch. Good Lord. Yeah, we, we found out that, like... Coffee mugs were going out for fifteen bucks. Yeah, it's like as a reward. They don't it's really like, tell you <laughs> what coffee mug are you buying and making? That's fifteen dollars. <laughs> you know what? What is Whoa. that about? I mean, my God. So uh, we have, we do have. I know a lot of people have been asking. We do have shirts and stuff that are going to be available for retail and all this stuff. We just got one little corner to pass here, and then we're we're high flying for the yes, rest. Yes, it of is season. coming soon. So it's on the way in person retail. And by the way. Guys, Nick Johnson's posters, holy hell, are they going to be a thing at the end of the year? We're going to figure out a way that everybody can go grab them as a series, whatever. But I guarantee you, if you come to Villa one of these weeks, we will tell you which one. We will have these posters ready for everyone as a giveaway for sale and on and on. 
Nick has been an incredible artist throughout this whole thing. His art actually pumps me up for the games, and this one is exactly what you've asked for. Every game is around now. Every poster's around. Round two, Jalen Hurts versus Trey Lance and Jimmy G. It is sick. I would buy a shirt today. I would buy the poster today. So happy you're with us. Uh, so happy that everyone is giving us great feedback um, on everything. You know, because I know the post game show was a little fucked up. So, <laughs> and we appreciate that. Like yes. we just threw out all those XLR cables because that's that's exactly what happened. There. Yeah, we're, we're working out a lot of kinks here. So you know, that's but, how it goes. Um, couldn't be happier, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, you are the reason why I come into the studio. Same with Vince, and the reason why we started this podcast up again. Essentially, <laughs> yes. essentially, and, yeah. You know, the studio and everything we put into it. Can't thank you enough. It's been awesome. We will see you Sunday at Villa Capri. We'll have cases and mountains of liquid deaths. Great giveaways. And make sure you stay tuned, by the way, because after the music, we have another little history show. It is awesome that uh, Deremy and Jose are contributing to this. We need to bump them up from the Easter egg. So I want everyone to listen to them because they give great, great history lessons. Vince does a great job with uh, working with them every Thursday nights here at Last Out Media Studios. I think we need to feature them uh, somewhere in the show. You guys tell us if you want to, because I think they give great history lessons. Yeah, they're, they're so much fun. Based. And and they're just great guys, you know, just to work with those guys and see the show they put together. I'm just glad they're a part of this thing, and I really hope you enjoy it. So, yeah, that's going to be coming up right after the music here on the show. That's Vince Quinn. I'm John Barchard. We'll be at Villa Capri at 51 West Court Street on Sunday. Retty for round two against the 49ers. We'll see you then. Bye. All right, welcome back in for another little dose of history here as we talk with Jeremy Dove and Jose Ruiz from Bigger Than The Game. Hello, fellas. What's going on, Vince? Hello, Vince. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, looking at this week, because what we're doing for the people that, that missed last week, in case you missed it, what we're going to be doing every week, we're going to be looking at a little historical knot that can be tied between these two teams, whatever it is, a, a game, a player, whatever that might be. And we did that last week with Atlanta. Now here we are with San Francisco. And so for you guys, the sports historians that you are, uh, what'd you find this week? Well, we're looking at October 2nd, 1994. Taking it back to the 90s for you guys. The Charlie Garner game. Yes. The Charlie Garner game? Like former Eagle and 49er? Oh, yeah. And Oakland Raiders. And Oakland Raiders. How about Charlie that? Garner. Okay. Okay. And we're looking at this game. Now the Niners... They lost the previous two championship games to the Cowboys, but it's still Steve Young, Jerry Rice, you know George Seifert, just that whole great team. Ricky Waters, yeah, and we have the Eagles Ricky coming Waters. in, led by Rich Kotite. Ooh, and man, Madden Summerall are there, and Jose Vince. The Eagles give the 49ers a beatdown in this game, forty to eight. And it is something, I mean, it looks like the Eagles are looking like they're the Super Bowl contenders. Right. And the Niners are really falling apart. I mean, Steve Young gets pulled. George Seifert pulls him out the game. Steve Young winds up having this meltdown on the sideline. Coaches, teammates can't control him. He said later on that he wanted to say enough to get George Seifert to fight him. <laughs> oh, my God. This is all happening. And it looks oh like the God. Eagles are on their way to being this amazing you know, Super Bowl contending team led by Rich Kotite. Yeah. And the Niners look like they're unraveling, and it winds up kind of going the other way. Uh, yeah. So how much of the other way? Well, this game, what it did is springboarded the 49ers, right? The 49ers went on to win the Super Bowl this year. But what happened with the Eagles, everybody had that expectation. Like, this is our team. This is the Super Bowl team. And the Eagles, at this point, they go on. They were 3-1 after this game. And then they go on to finish the season, I think, was it 7-9? 7-9. Yeah, 7-9. Yeah, so going into week 11, they got 7-2. and two. They were 7-2 and two <laughs> in week 11. 
Okay, so hold on. They beat a 49ers team with Steve Young so bad that they have to take him out of the game. He tries to fight the head coach. Wait, they didn't just take him out. It was third down. He was sitting in the huddle about to call the play. And next thing you know, Elvis Gerbach comes in and Steve Young loses his mind. I mean, you guys, it's, I mean, Madden and Summerall are talking. They're like, we've never seen Steve Young like this. He is going off to, you see Gary Kubiak trying to calm him down. Yeah, he was not having everyone. And it kind of revitalized and galvanized the 49ers to being Super Bowl champs that year. It actually made his teammates respect Steve Young. So, wow. so for context, this was the the worst loss in the 49ers since the 86 playoffs. They lost to the Giants, 49-3. And this was the Eagles' largest margin of victory since the November of 81. So this was a huge deal, right? And then again, you're, the Eagles are going into San Fran, Candlestick Park, and doing this to the 49ers. Us as Eagles fans thought this was our year. It turned out not to be. And <laughs> just it kind of epitomizes who Rich Kotite was, and then we see later with the Jets, but to have a 7-2 and two team looking like, hey, this team can go to the bowl and wind up losing your last seven games and you're going 7-9 and nine and missing the playoffs. And this is the the right end for the Rich Kotite era in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah. Man, I wish I was hosting a WIP then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be a, uh, that had to been a fun Sunday. It was though. fun. It was fun. Yeah, that's crazy, man. All right. Well, well guys, great story again. Uh, it's great to get you guys on the pod here. And for the people that haven't heard Bigger Than the Game, where can they find you? Uh, they can find us, you know, wherever you from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, look up Bigger Than the Game with Deremy and Jose. And if you just want a great sports history podcast, we're the show for you. For sure. So that's Deremy Dove with Jose Ruiz. I'm Vince Quinn, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.